20% of our students, they're going to have a serious mental health concern at some point within their life. And only one in five of those students are actually gonna receive the supports that they need. And when we zoom in even more, that one in five, 80% of that help comes from schools. That's huge. This is High Tech High Unboxed. I'm Alec Patton. And that voice is Kat Magelnicki. Kat's been on the podcast twice before. First to talk about supporting students' mental health during lockdown, and then to talk about supporting students' mental health as they came back into the school building. But the interview you're about to hear was recorded before either of those episodes. We recorded it in December 2019 to give teachers some tools to help out a student in an acute mental health crisis. School closed before we released the episode, and suddenly an episode about talking to a student one-on-one in your classroom didn't seem very relevant since most of us weren't sitting in the same room as anyone we didn't already live with. Honestly, I forgot we'd ever done this interview until I was talking to a student teacher who asked me about how I handled it when a student shared something personal and traumatic with me. I told them, I actually have a podcast episode about that, I just need to finish it. Now, we haven't done a pro session for a while, but it's time to cue the theme music. This episode is all about how to have that difficult, uncomfortable conversation with a kid about their mental health. And we start at the beginning, when you notice that something about a kid's behavior, or just the general vibe, is worrying you. I think you should be checking in with the student, right? Um, And not being afraid to check in. Uh, So much of what we see with mental health and um, advocating for student mental health and just everyone's well-being is this fear of talking about it, right? And mostly that fear is coming from, if I talk about it, then it might plant the seed um, for more serious mental health concerns or, you know, that student will disconnect from me. And what we find is that's not the case. That's absolutely not the case. The more we talk about it, the more likely someone's going to reach out for help. And oftentimes when the person's really struggling, they're waiting for someone to just ask. Um, So if you see that a student is changing behavior, just ask the magic question. Hey, I've noticed that you've been like really down lately. And then just like starting that conversation right there. I think Ross Green has a really great approach of just like, I'm noticing something. What's going on? A kid who's told by their teacher, hey, I really want to talk to you one-on-one. Can you come in during lunch or after class? Could immediately leap to, I'm in trouble. How do you head that off so that a kid who's already feeling anxious doesn't just have their anxiety ramped up? Right, yeah. (laughs) That's an excellent question. Usually when I want to check in with a student, I do start off, you're absolutely not in trouble. I just like want some time to like have a conversation with you and check in and see how you're doing. Um, You know, so like, let's enjoy lunch together or let's go on like a little walk. How does that sound? And then if they have more questions, they'll usually ask. Um, So it's really important to say that you're not in trouble. And I think it's also really important to share when you're like meeting with that student and if they share really like vulnerable information, thanking them, right? And saying like, I'm so happy that you felt comfortable enough to share this information with me because I know that it's not easy to share and now I want to find ways to help you and support you. Sometimes students won't be ready to talk and that's also okay too. And if that student's not ready to talk to you, um, 
maybe putting it on other people's radar too. So uh, whether that's, you know, the principal or vice principal, any um, wellness or mental health support staff just saying, I've noticed the shift and even calling home, right? If you know that that family relation is safe and you want to communicate to parents, like I've noticed this drastic shift, um, it's important for caregivers to also know. And maybe they're seeing something at home or they can provide more information as well. What's the right time and place for that conversation? Yeah, um, well, it's definitely not in front of the entire class, right? (laughs) Uh, When we're setting up the environment to have any critical conversation, you really want it to be one-on-one, right? In a welcoming environment um, or a warm environment. So, you know, if that's your office and it's more a confidential space, perfect. Or like going on just like a walk with that student, that can also be helpful. Uh, so just reading your student and knowing um, some students you will know, like will not want to go for that walk, but will feel more comfortable having that conversation in your office. But the key point is that it's just like not within the context of the full class or calling out that student, right? Because um, that can put some self-doubt, self-blame, right? Um, embarrassment, which we absolutely do not want to see. It's also important to just be fully present, right? Our kids and adults now um, are so wrapped up in technology. So making sure that like your phone is not present, right? Um, Or just like not on um, so that you can really focus on the student. And then also making sure that you're doing like some active listening techniques, right? So that's eye contact, repeating what they're saying. So not inserting your own personal words, but really using their language. So if something comes up where a student is saying, you know, I'm just, I'm feeling really low, repeating what they're saying. You're feeling really low right now. Tell me what that's looking like for you. So using that specific language that they're using as well. And then knowing when you do need to bring in other support. So if a student is reporting that they're feeling so low that they're thinking about ending their life, that's when you want to bring in another adult. And if that's the case too, um, you definitely want to make sure that there's supervision on that student as well. So you don't want to leave them alone in that space. Um, So being able to coordinate that as well. So you're meeting with them one-on-one, you're in the, the classroom and it's empty, or you're in your office, and they express like a desire to harm themselves. You want to have another adult there and you also don't want to leave. And you've also put your phone away because you want to be fully present. Just like on the most logistical, strategic, step-by-step, how do you get that other adult in the room? Yeah, (laughs) also great question, right? Um, So when that happens, I always instruct teachers to just say, you know what, like when I'm feeling really concerned about a student and I want to make sure that they're safe, sometimes I need to talk to other adults so that we can come up with a plan that best supports you. So right now, I'm going to contact xyz person um, and that's when i take out my phone and send them a text like saying okay like would love to collaborate on something with you with that being said like if it is a completely safe environment um and you see like someone right outside your office you could also say like hey can you like keep an eye on the student while i go run and get so and so too if it's feeling like it's really high level and you need to immediately get someone so there are definitely like ways around it and I don't think there's like a hard and fast rule but you want to make sure that that student isn't walking out of the building after they make that statement or you know you're not leaving them in a room that's like a woodworking room right Uh, with like potential tools after they've shared that they might want to be harming themselves 
So student says to me that they're thinking of her themselves. And I think I really want to talk to Kat right now. I need to get like a psychologist in the room at this point. And I look outside and Brent's outside and I say to Susan, hey, do you know Brent? Yeah, yeah, I know him a bit. Like, does the teacher you feel comfortable with? Yeah, I do. Brent, can you come in here? I'm just going to go uh, check in with Kat. Brent stays with the student. Um, the student's supervised and, and feels safe and is safe. I go and find you. Or if I can't find you, I go find whoever I can, somebody, uh, Dean or whoever is available. We then come back. That student's had somebody with them at all times. That make, Is that kind of what you're describing? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Speaking of emergency situations. All right. I think is it a drill, do you I, think? I don't know, but well, well, it's, it's raining. Yeah, I don't feel like they would do the drill. So yes, that was a fire alarm, and we evacuated the building. It turned out someone was cooking brownies, and they set off a smoke detector. When we got back to the office, I asked Kat about something I've always found really difficult. How to end a conversation like this with a student. I don't think there's like a very uh, cut and dry answer to that, right? Um, either it's going to end naturally or you're going to um, self-think like, <laughs> this feels really awkward. I don't know how to how to end this. Um, and I don't think there's a perfect way to end things either, right? Um, what I think is key is that like you've opened the door, you've asked the question, right? And now you've also incorporated the appropriate people. So if it is at the point where it's like, okay, we were worried about um, suicidal ideation or self-harm, um, now you've informed the correct people. So whether, you know, and every school is different, so that might be your principal, um, that might be your school psychologist, it might be a social worker, just like know the people and resources within your building. Um, and then it's their job to go in and wrap everything up and make sure that there is a plan in place. It is not your job to wrap everything up. Your job is just to keep that connection with that student um, and to continue to be that safe person for that student to um, hold these kinds of conversations so that if it does come up again, then we know there's an adult that they trust and that they're more likely to go to. And don't worry, Kat does actually have a great suggestion for ending a conversation like this. A lot of times I'll ask kids, like, especially if they're in a really low state, like, what's the thing that makes you feel happy or makes you feel better? Uh, whether that's like even just the slightest bit. And then we come up with a list of the things that like they want to do, whether that's like petting their dog right when they get home. Um, and some kids tell me like, you know, I'd really just like like cooking a bowl of pasta and watching The Office. You know, like it varies. So being able to just like come up with a plan Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and totally. that's totally within like a teacher's wheelhouse of just like, let's do a self-care plan. Yeah. I also want to um, want to talk about like, you just do not have any kind of relationship with a kid and it's just entirely negative. I think it's, it's very easy to feel like, well, somebody's probably the right person to talk to this kid, but it's clearly not me. <laughs> what should you do? Uh, talk to the kid. <laughs> That would be my advice. Um, well, I think like also if you work work with a team, right? Um, elementary is very different in the sense that uh, a lot of times there's like only one teacher. Um, but if you work with a team, I think it's really important to say like 
have any of you connected with this student too. Um, what we do know is that students are more likely to um, you know, work through mental health concerns um, and ask for help if they are connected to someone within their community and specifically an adult, right? So if <laughs> this student is um, driving you a little bonkers, most likely they might also be driving the other teachers um, a little bonkers as well. Um, and it's so important for someone to just be that person, right? Um, and as soon as we just like open the door and create that connection, a lot of times we'll start to see some of those behaviors dissipate too, right? They'll start kind of like disappearing because now like you've turned into this like trusted person. Um, there's a little bit more like respect built there between each other, understanding too, right? So now I've asked the student and I understand what's happening for them. And then the other side of it is like keeping in mind that the kids who often like need the most help and the most love will show it and like the most unkind ways sometimes <laughs> um, or in the ways that are really going to like irk you. So keeping that in mind as well. So like what is happening for the student? Do they have a connection to another adult? So asking your team and just being the one not afraid to ask, right? And to keep trying, even if that student is constantly like pushing you away. Yeah. And I think really recognizing like that it's not a kid's job to not be a jerk. Right. <laughs> And they don't want to be, right? Yeah. Like, most of the time, they don't want to be, right? Um, and if they're constantly, like, pushing away, there's usually another story. Uh, yeah, I think it's weirdly not that hard to quiet down and listen to a kid and just hear where they're coming from. Among all the, like, sophisticated, tricky things you have to do as a teacher, like, that one's actually really easy. Yeah, and really easy, too, if you're willing to, like, approach the situation from a really caring standpoint, right? Like, if you're tapped out on this kid, then it's also important, like, if you want to have this conversation, to, like, come into the space with the right mindset. Um, yeah. Because kids will also be able to read, like you don't actually care that yeah. you're asking me this, right? Um, so making sure that your mindset is in the appropriate place. Um, and if you feel like you can't get your mindset in that place, consulting with your team to be like, hey, can someone else yeah. start like paving the way for that connection? But I also think the flip side of that is that it's bad when everyone has a terrible relationship with a student, but it's also bad when other people have a great relationship with a student and, like, that student just hates you. Like, that doesn't feel great. <laughs> I've been in both situations. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. And it's, like, and to a certain extent, it's, like, suck it up. Again, like, that kid's job isn't to like you. Like, it's kind of, like, to a certain extent, you got to be the grown-up. But also, I think... There's a certain danger that, like, if you're like, oh, you have a relationship with that kid, you should have that conversation. I shouldn't have that conversation. If you never have that conversation, you're never going to have that relationship with that kid. Right, and it's not going to get better. I think when you're initiating that conversation because you see a kid who's giving you a more challenging time, then yes, like, talking to your team. But I also agree, like, eventually working in your way, too, so that it's not always this like resistance right um and also like you're creating this like almost profile of this student right like I can't connect with this kid this kid is always going to give me a hard time yeah. when um we can do a lot of change and make a big difference just by asking and checking in with our kids High Tech High Unboxed is hosted and edited by me Alec Patton 
Our theme music is by Brother Herschel, and the Pro Sessions theme is by Temple Dogs. A huge thanks to Cat Magelnicki for this episode. I'm glad his time has finally come. You can find Cat on Instagram. She's at the underscore feelings teacher. We've got a link in the show notes. Thanks for listening. <laughs>